Space fans, and welcome to another episode of the Supercluster Podcast. My name is Jamie Carrero. I'm here with Robin C. Mangle, as usual. And our guest this episode is Camilo Tabasia, who's the founder of Space United, which is a soccer club that is made up entirely of space engineers who are trying to bring together those two worlds and help spread the good word of space and soccer to everybody. He's also the founder of Goal for Launch, a new nonprofit that has those same goals and is trying to reach out to younger people and underrepresented communities. So Camilo, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Jamie and Robin. That was a really great introduction, Jamie, and uh, we're really happy to have Camilo with us today. We actually worked with Camilo in uh, Space United, I want to say a year or two ago. I've yeah. lost track of time <laughs> because of the pandemic, but one of our reporters, Jillian Kramer, extraordinary reporter, did a story on you guys for Supercluster, and uh, it came out really great. It was such a, a heartwarming story for me, and I love this tale of how you guys got together, your backstory. And it's going to be of interest to folks who listen to the show and folks who follow Supercluster. Camillo, I'm not going to tell it. I want you to tell it. Tell us about, you know, you, you and your brother and tell us about why you came here and why you decided to merge those two worlds and how you ended up in the jobs that you're at. Yeah, I mean, for sure, it's been definitely a long road that we've tracked from the beginning our beginnings in South America and and being very involved with soccer and growing up with the culture of soccer. And throughout our lives and growing up, we had our mentorship from our parents who sort of embraced this idea of sports and, and, and education as one for, for my family in particular. And eventually, this is really what led us into this path to create Space United. So we landed in the United States some years ago, and me and my brothers, we were working our way to education. We all studied engineering, and it was around 2014 where I got word of SpaceX, and I was actually learning more about space exploration. My background was aerospace engineering, but you know, in South America, growing in South America, I never had this notion of being able to be involved with space exploration. So that was the first time in 2014 that I really started sort of coming to terms that I, I too can actually had an impact and collaborate with this huge effort. Now, Camilo, before we keep going, what country did you guys come from? I was born in Colombia um, okay. and my family is from Colombia. My dad worked in the oil and gas industry as a mechanical engineer. Wow. And, yeah. and we had the opportunity to live in a few countries in South America and multiple states here in the United States. Wow. Okay. So continue. You saw SpaceX as a company that you could contribute to and something bigger that you wanted a part of. And uh, what about your brothers too? Did, did you guys all decide that you wanted to work in like this emerging space industry? So early on, we knew that our passion lied in engineering. So from early beginnings, I think one important aspect of our growing up was that our parents really embraced this idea of not being scared of mathematics. <laughs> and I right. think that's where our, our notion of uh, embracing education really came from and really gave us the confidence to try to pursue these sorts of careers. And we all ended up in with engineering careers. And myself and my younger brother, we got the opportunity to join SpaceX, myself in 2014, and he joined a few years later. And I was working as the manufacturing engineer for the, for the Dragon crew capsule, and then later on as the propulsion supervisor for Falcon 9 and, and Dragon propulsion. That's incredible. <laughs> you know, we talk often, but we never talk about your your SpaceX work. And for me to hear that you were on Dragon and Propulsion, that's that's really awesome. And a, 
geeking out over here. And that's really <laughs> cool that your your father was a mechanical engineer. So it's sort of a little bit in your family that the engineering bug is is in your blood, you think? Yeah, and I think so. I mean, I think even even to go a little bit deeper from from his perspective, he grew up in Colombia in very challenging means. Um, mm-hmm. And for him, education really became a tool to came out of poverty, came out of challenging circumstances. Right. Education just provided that avenue to share his success with with his loved ones, and I think that was something that he, my parents overall, really uh, sort of took it as a challenge to really uh, teach us as they, as we were growing up. And so we always grew up with that love of education and, and, and STEM and mathematics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like me particularly, I wasn't, I wasn't, we weren't close to space because for us in South America is such a extraterrestrial notion. Like we would only see it in movies. And so right, when right. I came to the United States, it was the first time I was close to space in, in the sense that I was finishing my career. I was hearing about all this news happening with space exploration and crazy ideas happening in California that that was, that's when things really started clicking that I actually had an opportunity to maybe uh, be a part of something bigger. And then, yeah, um, yeah, in 2014, it just got a little bit, you know, lucky in the sense that so many resumes are flowing through the servers at SpaceX that somehow my resume was picked up. And, mm-hmm. and then from there, it was up to me, right? I had the opportunity to interview and, and from there, it sort of spread out this, this amazing adventure that's been ongoing for eight years now. And now we're sort of giving back to, we're in a mission now to give back to our communities, particularly those that like myself, didn't have access to these opportunities and messages. Right. And we're doing it through soccer because we know, first of all, for me, soccer was a huge part of growing up. But also soccer is a sport that's a, that has global reach. Mm-hmm. And many minorities here in the United States grew up with that sort of culture of soccer. And so right, by right. bridging those two, we're, we're finding a very exciting space for us to really start contributing and reaching some of these communities that don't get this opportunity. Yeah, I really uh, can relate to that personally. I, you know, a lot of my family is is Azorian from uh, Portugal, and every time World Cup comes around, <laughs> it reminds me how much it brings the world together. Because even though yeah. everyone, even though everyone is in competition, it's such a friendly, celebratory competition, and there's always these funny moments and jokes that come up. Like I'll never forget, we're at some kind of you know family reunion type thing while World Cup was going on, and my old uncle Adlinu refused to eat the cheese on the table, and I was like, "Why, <laughs> Adlinu? What's the matter?" And he says, "Ah, oh, it's French cheese," and they were playing Portugal in the World <laughs> Cup, yeah. and he's like, you know, and he knows he's being silly, but he likes to you know get into it and go that way, and that's something I think just feels so unique to. Some soccer to football because it's so global i think yeah, it's the, they share a lot of years, crossovers right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think the teamwork aspect of sports and space is a huge crossover now Kamala, you mentioned you know spacex from what i understand and you know the story that we told about you guys it was spacex that was the first place to sort of help you get a club going right is that is that correct to say can you tell us a little bit about that, how Space United came together? Yeah, so Space United origins begin at SpaceX, where I first landed it back in 2014 as a manufacturing engineer. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for similar opportunities to stay involved with soccer, stay close to soccer. Soccer had provided me with a lot of joys and a lot of just overall happiness throughout right, my growing up. 
And so I, I wanted to continue staying active, staying close to the sport. And in Los Angeles, I was looking for an opportunity to join a club and I couldn't find the right match given my my schedules at, at work and also the different sort of commitments I had. And so I, that, it was at that moment that I decided, you know, I'm going to create my own team mm-hmm. and I'm just going to reach out to coworkers who have similar passions. And similar uh, in, schedules. Yeah, similar <laughs> schedules. Exactly. We have similar schedules. So great. we yeah. can at least align on, in that sense. Um, uh-huh. And so that's how it began. We started at SpaceX Football Club and SpaceX subsidized some of the costs for our league. And, and so we began really as, as a, a you know organic team made out of co-workers that got together on Sunday mornings to play. And, and then little by little, this team started sort of taking its own mind, its own presence. We realized that the community was also getting involved as we, as we got invited to certain tournaments where the community got together. The question always rose, arose, saying, I, "How are you guys rocket engineers, but also play sports?" I, they were, we weren't computing those two things, right, and, right, we, right. and we, uh, and yeah. that was the moment we, th- we thought, you know, we have an opportunity here to maybe do more than just football, but instead also take this platform and the opportunity that we have to work in such incredible technology to share this with communities who don't have this sort of access. And so that's when really things started taking off. We got a little more serious about what we wanted to do with our community together with the front office, which is my, composed of my brother and just help engineers who also helped found this team. Uh, we started getting really serious about how we can give back to our communities. And that sort of snowballed into the next chapter of SpaceX Football Club, which was opening up the roster to other space engineers from other space companies. Right. Um, and it was in 2019 when we started gathering players from Relativity Space. We had a few from Northrop Grumman, a few others from Virgin Galactic. And so it just made sense that now we were a Space United family. And that's how it sprang out the idea to uh, rebrand ourselves as Space United we founded yeah. our nonprofit Golf for Lunch, and now, uh, yeah, we, we've been busy connecting with schools, connecting with communities. Just last year, we connected with over seven thousand students, and just bringing the message of space and soccer to inspire them. Now, Camilo, you Space United started as one team in LA. Now yeah. it's two teams, <laughs> one in LA, one in Seattle. Tell us how that happened and why it had to be Seattle and why it had to be. Yes. So in 2019, I concluded my time at SpaceX. I had been there maybe about six years, close to six years. That's uh, Um, for those who don't know, six (laughs) years at SpaceX is a lifetime. I just want to put that in there. That's a a huge commitment. Yeah. We always joke around at SpaceX that it's like dog years. <laughs> uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, if you work 29 hours a day, it gets to be <laughs> You know what? I'm not saying that SpaceX works, you guys, but uh, six years at SpaceX is known in our industry as that's tenure. That's a long time. That's, that's yeah, it's a, a long huge tenure. commitment to space exploration. And likely, if you worked at SpaceX during you know the six years you did, you likely had a hand in some of the most extraordinary space events of the 21st century, whether it's the first private launch, if it's Falcon Heavy, Roadster, something. I mean, you've gone to work on so many amazing things and you decided to leave SpaceX and go to Washington, right? Yes, I am so grateful for my time at SpaceX. I got to meet some of the most incredible individuals and also be involved with incredible projects. On my first day, January 6th of 2014, 
there was a launch. So on my first day, I was able to watch a launch from Mission Control, and, and everybody was cheering. Yep. And, and I, and I that could was hear my the, first SpaceX launch. I was one of five people at the launch. It was insane. It was like my first. It was my second hour on my first day at job wow. that we had to launch, and so I was like, "Wow, this is something special." And it was and then, uh, really early in the morning. Remember, it was yeah. yeah. It, it was special, and then from from then on, it was just one one success after the other. But but more than that, also the experience that come with it, the overall feeling that you're working towards something bigger, was really something that stuck with me. Right. Then my brother joined in a couple of years later. He's an industrial engineer, and he joined one of the process engineering groups. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we all we all started making and building what Space United was becoming to be. Mm-hmm. Um, six years later, I got you know I was finishing up the chapter for Demo One uh, as the propulsion lead for the Dragon Components uh, team and for Falcon Nine. That doesn't sound like a pressure job. <laughs> this this one was a, a crazy one because yeah. we were having some uh, monthly meetings with Elon and uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, it was definitely not a, 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 an not easy time at SpaceX. Yeah. But yeah, it was close to the conclusion of Demo One um, uh-huh. that I got the opportunity to try something new for my family as well. You know, throughout this past six years, I also started a family. And so we got an opportunity to come to California. And now I'm, I'm the manufacturing lead for a new Shepard at Blue Origin. That's incredible. Nice. It's, a, it's an incredible move. And, and what you've given to spaceflight so far is amazing. And it's unmatched in most <laughs> industries. Oh, you mentioned your family. I, I, I want to shout out. I've Gotten to know your family. It's a very beautiful family. I want to shout out Thank you. Emily and your and your kids. And it's just amazing that you do all this stuff. You do your your work, your day job, which is hard enough. And then you have Space United, and then you also have kids. Yeah, like, you know, how, it, is there two Camillos? Is there? <laughs> how you know, no. I think one. I think one important thing that I've always stood by is that if you surround yourself with with amazing people, that they just make you a better person as well. Right, right, and right. that yes. that's been really the case for me and and Emily. She's made me a better person, and not just that, but she also shares and contributes daily to the efforts of Space United and right. Golf for she's Lunch. She's a and, very great. She's a Great, great communications director. Great communication director. She's the communications director for Space United. She's also an educator for a Title One school here in uh, in the Seattle area. She loves education. She loves helping kids. And then on top of that, our our four kids that we have ourselves have an awesome mother. And yeah, she's incredible. I've gotten to work with Emily these last few weeks. You know, we we were talking about this podcast, and we were talking over some of the projects you guys are doing. It's important to have a great communications director yeah. uh, for your organization. And I, I love everything that you guys are doing at Space United. I want to shout out, you re- guys recently got verified on Twitter. Which yes, is, we did. you know, it's not <laughs> supposed to be a big deal, but it is. It's, it's it a big deal. Help. It yeah. helps. Yeah. It's a big deal and it helps. I think Space United is such a great, cool thing to have as part of our community. The space community is small. It's very small. And to know that we have a team, to know that we have our own Yankees is yeah. awesome. You know what I mean? And I think what you've <laughs> done here on your own, Camilla, and like spearheading this organization, it's incredible that you took the time to do that. And you have found individuals to be part of this program who are benefiting from it. Now, 
you just recruited more team members for the LA team, right? Yeah. So the LA team. So the LA team was founded obviously in 2014, and that's the long-lasting team that actually just now, maybe three weeks ago, starting back their their league as soccer came back to the to California. Right, because you guys were let's mention it. You you guys were not being able to do anything during the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. During the last year or so, we were not able to play soccer in both Los Angeles and Seattle. Right. Now, I know I know there has been like sports, but you would think that if there was a safe sport during COVID, it would have been soccer for for playing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when you think about it. But I guess the whole like the crowds and the fanfare and the tailgating and you can still stuff yeah you can still end up in proximity to other people breathing heavily you know i yeah i understand as as frustrating as it is so so camilla give us a little bit of the pro like when did you guys realize you could get back to the field because i know you guys have been practicing and and you guys had a couple of games recently how's the transition back into the real world been for the teams yeah, so early during the start of the pandemic, we there was a lot of uncertainty of what was going to happen with the soccer leagues, particularly when it first began, we had just started the league. And so there was some uncertainty from that perspective. The Space United guys in Los Angeles, we all have a, a, a message group where we talk to one another. And, and initially, we, were, we stayed in communications on how to stay active, how to stay sort of connected to our own community and team. Right. And as the pandemic kind of started extending and extending, Standing and more weeks were added on. We just started sort of brainstorming ideas on how to how to best serve our community since we knew that soccer was going to be stopped for some time. And so we put all of our efforts towards golf for lunch and, and really breaking down some of the barriers that education was ha- was experiencing with the issue of the pandemic. So many things transitioned to online learning. And so ourselves too, we began devising a plan to better help some of these schools through online learning. And so right because you guys you guys would send. You would either go or your brother or you would send a, someone to physically talk to classrooms about That's right, space, yeah. space and sports. And yeah, that was exactly. your way of getting folks interested. And you're, yeah. selling, and you're saying that you saw that there was a challenge when kids had to learn online. You guys also had to move online with these efforts. That's correct. Our, our first community outreach was in person at some uh, one of the school districts here in Seattle in which all of us, my brothers and myself, we went to talk to the schools. And that day we talked with over 400 elementary schools, particularly in Spanish as well, which was one of the key aspects because it, it was one a Title I dual language community. And we were mm. able to give these conversations of space and soccer in Spanish. And we connected with, that was our first connection face-to-face with educators and students. And then following that, we did a few more and then pandemic hit. And everything, everything started switching to online learning. And so us too, we began scoping better plans to how, how to connect with educators and, and students as well. I think one, one important and really, uh, thing, a really key aspect that actually helped us was that this new online medium allowed for us to be present in more geographies. So I think mm. that, that's one of the key things that really is maybe improved i would i guess i would say or or enabled us to connect with other countries so, so there was a there was a positive to that because yeah, you were able positive, to yeah. reach more people okay yeah, yeah exactly I think, 
And that aspect that you mentioned of the, the bilingual aspect of this, I think, is so important because, yeah. you know, you can there are many forms of representation. But to hear this story told in your own language really hits home, something that has been fascinating as we tell space stories from all these different countries is to hear the same phrases in different languages, to hear the countdown, to hear the polling, yes. of, <laughs> you know, everybody in mission control. And you know that they're saying the same things, but you see different people who look different, who are speaking different. And that creates a really wonderful connection. So I, I just wanted to emphasize again how, how great I think that is that you're providing that Spanish language element. Uh, it also no, reminds me you, yeah. one thing that I've always wanted to do essentially is to call rocket launches like Spanish speaking announcers call football <laughs> games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to really get them excited <laughs> and have them yelling into the microphone and everything because I think there's there's Launch! a joy there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We've cleared the tower, you know. It's gone supersonic. We'll see if it, it survives through Max Q. <laughs> like it's yeah, just Max so... Q, you were reaching Max Q. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a sonic boom and it would be so wonderful. But yeah, I just I just think it's absolutely great and it's, you know, the more the more people can hear these stories the more they can get involved in them right yeah you know what this this started from the very basics because when i spoke to my family in colombia and and i was trying to explain to my grandmother what i did for work it was hard for her to understand so we my brother and i we decided we're gonna start a youtube channel and we're gonna do this launch broadcasting in spanish so my grandmother can can see it uh, herself yeah. and so that's how it's facing out it also started doing it and so now we've been broadcasting some rocket launches in spanish and and with that idea the simple idea of reaching communities who who don't have this information in their own language yeah, so, I love I've, I've tuned love into one of your spanish language streams and i love it <laughs> yeah i think it's great and i think you guys should keep doing it yeah, yeah, we're going to keep doing it. We need to. We're just figuring out some resources internally to to make it make it also quality content and, and right. Make it, of course, yeah. Of course, but maybe yeah. Uh, maybe Supercluster can we can talk. We'll talk. Right. About, we'll talk. Yeah, off. yeah. But I wanted to talk about your what's coming up with Space United. You guys have just launched this nonprofit called Goal for Launch. It's to make sure that you continue the efforts in the classroom and the the effort to reach an underserved young population where we, you know, reach them where they are. If they like sports, then we're, you're talking to them in a language they understand and you're using sports to trick them into loving space, which I'm all about. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa and vice versa. Because yeah. To make that association, I think is really important. It's really like important. I agree, Rob. And that idea that it's because, it, it, you know, we joke around about tricking them into be interested and certainly for a certain number of students, that'll be true. But it's also just this idea of saying it's okay to like both. Right. Saying that, like, yeah, yeah, it's not just one type of nerdy person who goes to space, and it's not just one type of jockey person who plays sports. Right. I think that's exactly the point, Jamie. I think for us particularly, that's been one of the main things that we'd like to debunk, that you don't have to be uh, just a space nerd to love space or just a jock to love sports, that you can actually develop qualities and and, and skills in both of these fields to develop mm -hmm. both your mind and body. And so right. I think you're absolutely right. That's exactly the point, yeah. So, so Camilo, let's say that a kid was interested in sports and he's talking to you. Like, what do you say to that kid about space? Like, how do you introduce space? Do you talk about SpaceX? Do you talk about rockets? Like, what's the next step after that? Because I always wondered myself, like, if I was talking to a young person who was from Colombia, who's, you know, did have something, you know, some interest in sports and 
you know, he lives in California. Like, what's the first thing you introduce them to? Is it like, you know, NASA? Is it like space in general? Do you introduce them to rockets? Because that's exciting. I've always, you know, it's a genuine question, I guess. It's like, what's the first thing you talk about when you give your presentation? Yeah, so I think one of the things that we've learned throughout this past year as we develop conversations in schools is what what's what are efficient and effective ways of communicating to specific audiences or ages. So, so one of the things that we are doing with our conversations and community outreach is, first off, we we tell the story of uh, of ourselves and really how us as immigrants from South America got to a position to where we're now contributing to the space industry and how those things can also some children and students can be reflected in that story. Right. We, so we seeing themselves in it. Exactly. We recognize that, you know, not everybody has the same opportunities or same mentorship. But I think in seeing some of the different struggles and challenges that somebody has gone through and, and also it has not been a straight line. We've gone through different zigzag paths to get to where we're at. Right. And so I think that one key aspect of really showcasing it in a way that, that they can see it reflected in somebody that they relate to. So that uh, like human element to it. That, that human way. element, exactly. And, and then also making it interesting. And I think that's one aspect of that soccer really enable us to bring a, an element of fun and an, an element of uh, overall changing or breaking down those barriers of traditional STEM outreach, right? That can right, get right. sometimes monotonous or boring. Yeah, yeah, stale. It gets very stale quick. Exactly, it gets stale very quickly. And so that was one of the feedbacks that we received from some, some of the teachers that they had never seen students pay so much attention, especially when they also asked questions about Ronaldo and Messi and we're able to answer those <laughs> in a way that, <laughs> right. that uh, lets them know that we're also soccer fans and, and soccer players. And so that, that connection, human collection that, that they get from that uh, experience allow us to talk to them in a way that they sort of trust the message. Right. Right. You got to trust the person that's given it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then also modifying the message depending on the ages. So initially, we started talking to students that were like six, six to eighth grades, eighth graders. We've also talked to students uh, in, in elementary school, and so we changed the methods in which we deliver the message depending on the age structure. And I think we're improving in those terms because now we have eight modules that talk about topics like the future of rockets, uh, the future of rocket technology, the future of satellite internet, right. how will we play sports in space, How does what are the physics of sports or soccer in the moon versus Mars versus Earth. Oh, that's really great. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, that. so now we've developed our own uh, uh, modules that we, that we want to take to the schools in after-school programs. And Sebastian, who is my brother, and he's leading this effort, he's already had success in, in connecting with schools in Los Angeles. And uh, it, it's overall, in general, is also to allow the kids to have fun learning about science and how this can also this, like this elements of physics also can relate to kicking a ball or how the ball trajectory is moving as they kick a ball and so yeah, yeah. Uh, like if yeah. you went to the moon you could maybe lose your ball because you just need yeah, unlimited yeah. soccer balls and so. yeah yeah because occasionally a home you know a home run in baseball hits escape velocity well, <laughs> while uh, camilla was just saying all that stuff jamie and i i know we were thinking of stealing one of those ideas like all right how are we going to do a piece of content about kicking a soccer ball in, or like a world cup <laughs> in space in 2080 or something? yeah yeah 
yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Designing <laughs> sports for space is a, is a great concept to explore. It just gets people excited, too, to oh, think about it. Oh, that would be people really excited. Now, speaking of soccer and space, let's talk a little bit about Club for the Future. Now, Club for the Future is a STEM outreach program created by Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin. And Blue Origin just auctioned off a seat on a New Shepard spacecraft, which Bezos himself and his brother will be flying on. Some of that money is going to a partial sponsorship of uh, Space United. Now, Camillo, tell us about this upcoming tournament that you guys are going to compete in. And tell us about the jersey that Club for the Future provided. Yes, yeah, so we've been first and foremost incredibly incredibly grateful about the entire path that Space United has taken from our original days as SpaceX Football Club, but then now opening our doors for players from Relativity Space and, and Blue Origin, SpaceX, and even stemming from opening those doors, how Space United has really become a united family of space people has really has really been a great plus in our mission. And so then for us to then turn around and collaborate with Club for the Future has been incredible for, for our own mission. And, and our, our team was very excited for, for that prospect. We connected with Club for the Future uh, some months ago, and we were developing a, a postcard to space that related to sports in space. So we worked on our uh, on our postcard. We devised a new postcard for the students to take. We've right. been sharing this postcard to space uh, throughout the world with students that we connect with. And then that partnership has led us to now having a Club for the Future logo on front of our jersey. So we've we've expanded our collaboration with Club for the Future. And we're the space soccer, the first space and soccer venture to have a space company, you know, a space-related uh, right. effort right in the middle of our jersey. And, and we're proud of that because we want to, uh, our mission is to really expand the voice of space. Show I mean, that space I mean you guys more. are doing a great job. It's like, you know, you started a whole league to do it. It's everyone that gets or hears about Space United will eventually hear about the, the places you guys work at and where you guys come from. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. like a natural way to get new fans to the space industry. Very yeah. clean way to do it. It's, you know, it's just like you have fans, right? And those fans know that, you know, this league, it's not a pro league. You guys aren't, this isn't your full-time job. But to know that you guys are out there building spaceships and yeah. then hitting the field afterwards, I mean, that adds to the excitement to me. Yeah. You know, you know it's also, uh, Camilo, are you familiar with, with the um, Alexander Gerst, Steve Swanson, U.S.-Germany World Cup thing that happened up on the ISS? It's a pretty funny story. Oh, Jamie, please tell the story. Yeah. So in 2014, speaking of that, that time period again, the World Cup was happening and there was a U.S.-Germany match. And uh -huh. so Alexander Gerst was up there in orbit with Reed Wiseman and Steve Swanson. So he's German and they're American from the U.S. And so they make a bet. And what happens is because Germany beat the U.S. one to zero, Alexander Gerst shaved both of their heads while they were up in space. <laughs> and there's video footage of it. And, and it's uh, it's fantastic because Gerst had a shaved head, but they right. didn't. So he's right. like, all right, you get my haircut if we beat you. And they did. So it's another example of just, you know, right. uh, soccer bringing people together and astronauts being interested in soccer. We need to get the first soccer player to space. Can we do that? Yeah, I think we need to get Messi or Ronaldo. Camilo's like, not me. <laughs> He's saying yeah. Messi, but he means him. We want. We want. You don't have to say. But if you want to learn more about the incredible mission that Space United is on and their new nonprofit Goal for Launch, go to Space United 
patreon.com slash donate because this page really lays out their story. And if you're interested in supporting this mission, um, it's like, like we said here, it's, it's not just about soccer. It's not even just about space. It's about reaching young people and showing them there's a really bright path ahead for them in many different ways. And STEM is always going to be the number one goal of many of us in the space community and industry, because at the end of the day, that's how the space industry runs. People won't admit it. I will that we always have a hiring shortage in the space industry. There's not enough people to fill the jobs to build the future in space that we want. In order to get those folks, we need to reach them where they are. We need to go to the classroom. We need to hit the soccer field. We need to hit the gym. We need to reach them where people are at. And I think Camillo has really cracked that in using soccer and sports to do so. Camillo, you guys have a big tournament coming up. Please tell us about that and and what you know what you guys are doing to prepare for all that. So we have two amateur clubs, one in Los Angeles and one in Seattle. And this summer we have this incredible opportunity to expand our voices in space access and soccer to a national platform. Right. Uh, we connected with a national professional league called NISA, and we were invited to the NISA Independent Cup, which is happening in July. Right. Um, and so now our team in Seattle is participating in the national tournament. And we're, we, you know, we're, we're looking and, and getting all the support from, from our community so that we can play these games. Uh, right. We're going to be playing in Portland, in San Francisco, and in Seattle. And then we're putting together the effort to, to get the team to those locations. Um, right. we're, we're very excited because this is the first time that our team as an amateur club is jumping to the national platform. Mm-hmm. And, it's, it's, and it's even increasing uh, our goals that include establishing a professional club for Space United. This time reaching communities and athletes that are also interested about space, but also providing those opportunities for athletes who you know don't have those opportunities to play professional soccer for XYZ reasons, right. even the development of soccer here in America. We're, we we want to provide also that platform for, for players to be looked at, but also have mentors that have been in the space exploration space to help them along the way. So yeah, I encourage everyone to check it out. We're at spaceunited.com. Help us set up this, this space club that really is a football club that is made by the space community for the space community. It's our team, guys. Yeah, it's, it's our, our team. team. It's our team. So support them however you can. <laughs> yeah. Find them on Twitter, find them on Instagram. I plan to be at one of their games soon. So I'm excited for that, Camillo. And yeah, you'll be seeing Space United around a lot more. You guys are really blowing up and people are knowing who you are because you're doing amazing stuff. And obviously these space companies are willing to help where they can to get you guys where you need to be. Please, if you're listening, check them out. Donate if you can. Watch their games, watch their live streams. Um, you'll be seeing their content on S- Supercluster channels from time to time. Go on supercluster.com to read a story about them. After we publish this podcast, I will throw something up on Instagram to direct people over to that story. It's a great story written by Jillian Kramer. Camillo, thank you so much for being on our show today. I hope that you are the first soccer player in space. I don't care about this. I don't know. I I can say there there have been uh, makeshift soccer games in space, but I'm not sure if they were real. Well, we need to get a real (laughs) soccer game going. Yeah, get a star up there in the stars. Absolutely. Maybe we talk to one of our friends with a space station or something, and we set up a little soccer game (laughs) in a space station. We'll make it happen. Uh, Yeah, but Camilla, we will have you back on the show. 
maybe after this tournament's over, we can have you back on the show, talk about your mission and, you know, continue the good word of space. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Robin and Jamie. I appreciate it. Yes. Thanks again so much, Camilo. It was really great speaking with you. That URL again for our audience is spaceunited.com slash donate. And that organization is Goal for Launch, G-O-A-L for Launch. If you want to hear more about this and other great space stories, as usual, check out supercluster.com. And remember, space is for everyone. 